This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. I hope you're okay. It's half term in that. Uh, Now, look, this is really weird, right? So, obviously, we've been apart now for uh, a good week and a day, uh, me being off last week. But we were together the last time Make Me a Winner was won. David won on Wednesday, the 11th of October. It has been rolling over since. The rollover earlier this afternoon is now the ninth rollover in a row. I think this this is the longest run that Make Me a Winner has gone unwon. It's weird, isn't it? You think back to, you know, the last time. I wonder if there's any fo- photo footage of it. You know, like the uh, that sepia tone photo that you get in the Wild West back in the day, the last time it was won. It'll but definitely it's been be a run. It's been white. a long, old stint, isn't it? It has. I- I'm on a 608-day run on uh, Duolingo at the moment, which, as you know, Bush, isn't necessarily uh, helping me with my Italian. Uh, but that that is the <laughs> longest run that I've been on. And that's, that's not a negative one. A long run, a long streak doesn't have to be a bad thing like it has been with make me a winner you ever been on a particularly long run do you know what i i I think about this quite a bit um and in this has changed since i moved to london but when i lived in bristol i used to cycle into bristol uh, and back each day to do the radio show that i was doing Uh, and i never once got overtaken by anybody else on the (laughs) bristol bath cycle bath i never got overtaken i was I, i was undefeated reigning champion and obviously moving to London, everyone's got like carbonite bikes that are worth 2,000 pounds. That's sadly gone now. But for a while, I, I was the only person in the West Country who'd never been overtaken on his bike. I was going to say, the number of times that you tell me now that you've been overtaken and you're turning the air blue with cyclists in London, that, 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 that really <laughs> that's has what gone. It is. It's people with flipping electric bikes, Richie, because that's <laughs> cheating. Uh, so the big news of the day, make, make me a winner, a rollover for, uh, I don't know if it's a record, but the ninth time, which is a hell of a run. What asking you tonight on the show have you got like a running streak of something that you'd like to tell us about one other thing to chuck in i don't know you might be the same on this richie we've lived here five years in leoncy and i have never missed bin day once you know you always at least see one person running down the street after the the bin lorry in their tracky bottoms or pjs asking do you mind if i just chuck this in that's never happened to me once you've got a 100 bin record richie uh, yeah I'd, I'd say we're we're six years probably where we're probably it's probably not even that it's probably more where, where we live and i i can't imagine ever missing bin day. Uh, so yes, definitely that streak is on for me as well. And I can't imagine it ever being broken until the next day that my bins aren't collected, I'll have gone somewhere, if you see what I mean. <laughs> I didn't I'll want to go too gruesome. <laughs> I'll Couldn't be dead, I'll it. say it. Uh, my friend Ruth has just been in touch, uh, taking issue with my claim that I was never overtaken when I was on my bike in Bristol, cycling to and from the radio station there. Uh, she does add, what time were you cycling in? 3am? Funny enough, yeah. <laughs> That's a very All good All right, you've ruined it for me. Uh, Helen's hanging on. What's your long run, your streak? Um, Wordle. <laughs> How long is your run on Wordle, Helen? 256 days. 256 days of consistently getting it right. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty amazing. I mean, I remember Wordle was quite big in lockdown, but you've you've carried on you've carried on doing it, right? Yep. <laughs> For the hell of it. Uh, do, do you compete with anyone? You you know, constantly sort of like going on about it with people. Uh, my work colleagues, we kind of have a competition going on. Did you get it last night? Yeah. <laughs> How many goes do you get it? In? <laughs> How many goes do you get it in, Helen? Um, sometimes three, sometimes four, sometimes six. Uh, if there's anyone listening to this who uh, is also a, a current Wordle player, because I genuinely thought it went by the wayside, such as making making banana bread during the lockdown. <laughs> uh, fair play to you for keeping the flame and the candle burning. Thank you. <laughs> this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway.
Been waiting nine days now for a Make Me A Winner win. Uh, it's not happened again today, maybe tomorrow. Uh, however, what is the longest run that you've been on for something? Simon says, I don't want to jinx it as I'm off to the football later, but the last nine matches I've seen this season, I'm still unbeaten for the team that I've been watching. Eight now for Salisbury FC and one for Reading. Uh, can you tell Simon, uh, if I pay for him, will he come to some Everton games? <laughs> um, now, you remember early on we were saying that both of us have got a very impressive never forgetting to put the bins out run. Five mm-hmm. or six years we were talking about. Uh, Caroline in the West Midlands has picked up on this. She says, uh, we have to put our bin out on the wrong day this week because it's being repaired by the council. Can't wait to see if we confuse the rest of the street. That's madness. <laughs> uh, Darren, what's your long streak, your run? Not having a day of sickness since November 1997. What? That's wow. like 25 years, Darren. Are you sure? Absolutely sure. I'm quite proud of it as well. Darren, what, what is your secret? Is there something you can boil this down to that is the reason why you've never had any time off since 97? I just seem to get sick on my days off, on my actual days off. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Darren, what, one, what was going on in November 97? Can you remember what, what was your ailment, the last one that caused you to miss a day of work? I had just started as a bus driver and I was a weekend to be training. I just got hospitalised. I've been bad with my kidneys for a little while, so I got hospitalised for three days and that was it. Got that out of the way and well, then you were so, fine. Yeah, yeah, when he goes, he goes big, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> This one's blowing my mind a little bit. Uh, Neil says, I'm currently on a Time Hop app run of 2,570 days. That's just over seven years of checking the app every day. Now, unless I'm misunderstanding things, isn't Time Hop where you go back and look at what you were posting on your social media a certain number of years ago? If he's been checking this non-stop for seven years... Surely his time hops will be publishing just the fact that he was... He'll be stuck in some kind of loop. Do you see what I mean? It's a bit like Quantum Leap, but he's got himself (laughs) involved in it. He's looking for trouble where there is none. Uh, Joe is hanging on. Joe, what's uh, what's the streak that you're on? Um, 1,235 days on Duolingo. Oh, what language are you doing? I'm 608 days Italian. What's yours? Um, Dutch. Wow, bit of Dutch. What's, what made you start learning Dutch? I, you know, you see a lot of people doing Spanish, Italian, but you don't really see Dutch on Duolingo, people talking about it on Twitter, etc. What made you start? Um, we've got friends in the Netherlands, and um, obviously we've uh, reconnected the last few years, and we thought, I thought it would be nice to try and, like, if ever we are uh, around them, I can, like, speak to them in their language a little. <laughs> Very respectful. We like this, Joe. Well, I mean, don't want to put the pressure on you, but it's it's your chance to wow the nation. Would would you like to say anything whatsoever in Dutch right now? Um, I can't actually think of anything off the top of my head. Now you see, um, that's exactly what I'm like when someone says to me, "Show us your 608 days of Italian." I, I couldn't. No, um, it's. I mean, because funnily enough, our Dutch friends were over this weekend, and I was actually telling them I can get the singular words. I know the singular words. It's just stringing a sentence together I'm finding difficult. That, that's exactly what I'm like when I go out for a few beers after the show. <laughs> uh, if there are any parents listening to this who might be having a beer or a glass of Pinot Grigio just to try and take the edge off day two of half term, you have our moral support. Uh, and I've been ferrying the kids around today as of yesterday. Two week half term we've got here in Leon Seas. It's hardcore. It's just a lot of like kids clubs and 
art classes and tennis and all this kind of stuff. I don't, I don't want to sound like an old man, but I genuinely uh, believe kids these days don't realise how lucky they are because, I don't know about you, there was none of that. There was no organised activity when, when I was a kid uh, back in the day. It was like, a, I think there was like a summer school thing that we used to be dropped off in, which was just like a prefab in Trowbridge with like a fag-stained <laughs> fake bit of grass with some terrible broken kids' <laughs> toys. And you were like guarded by some dis- disgruntled adults. Uh, monitoring you like prison guards but that was kind of it these days now i mean they've, they've got so much stuff going on that they really are living the dream so in terms of a time machine imagine you've gone back to half term 1982 okay just take yourselves back to what little you looked like and what you were doing in half term 1982 what would you have done today just so we can get a snapshot of how half terms used to be i'm certain i would have been on my bike i'm certain i would have been on my bike and i've got this vivid memory my dad had a mate called Fred, who was a local copper. Do you remember Kickstart, the TV show, where uh, I think it was Peter Purves uh, held this competition uh, with uh, people on, like, trail bikes, going up and down, like, uh, all sorts of obstacles, through buses, uh, over hay bales and all this kind of thing. Well, Dad got his mate Fred to come round to our back garden and set up a Kickstart assault course for my BMX. And I don't know why it had to be this ex-copper that was doing it, but I've just got vivid memories of doing that around the garden, just going over flower pots and stuff. That's that's what I love about it. It was kind of improvised, rather than like massive organised activity, bit of improvisation. I mean, when we were kids, half-term 1982, I would have been seven. Um, We were banging into like walkie-talkies back then. I I think people are just not bothered by walkie-talkies anymore now. Just bouncers or people who want to know if they've got a different size of shoe in Foot Locker (laughs) are the only people who use walkie-talkies anymore. But back in the 80s, they were absolutely huge. There was like a couple of summers where it was just like everything was about walkie-talkies. Jimmy has tweeted us a photo of a spud gun. Do you remember spud guns? yes. They were, they, it was like the, the small arms fire that was was kind of friendly. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Uh, doing a thing in this hour of the show called Half Term 82. Imagine it's 1982, it's half term. What would the younger you have been doing today? Because I think there's a lot of kids who are on half term, don't realise how lucky they are. Uh, Ryan says, I, I'd have been out collecting conkers from the tree by the shell garage, uh, then swiped a bowl and some vinegar from, off me mum to soak them in, cheating to get the edge on a game of conkers. A lot of people also suggesting, including Rano, uh, a TV show, I don't know if you remember it, called Why Don't You? Do you oh, remember yeah. that? Oh, yes. We, you got berated by some incredibly stern kids from Belfast for not getting off your ass <laughs> and getting outside. Do you remember that? They were absolutely terrifying, those kids. Uh, Pebble Mill has uh, been mentioned by a lot of people as well. Oh. Watching Pebble Mill and being very bored. Uh, Lisa says, out of my roller skates, heading down to the stationery shop, and I would have been trying out pens and sniffing strawberry rubbers. Simpler times. It was, it was glue in Western Supermare. Very different. Uh, Jason, uh, what were you doing in half term 82? Collecting Bonnywood. Bonnywood? You mean bonfire wood, yeah? That's it, collecting bonfire wood, and then we'd have shifts guarding it to make sure no one else nicked it. We'd have the biggest bonfire in the village. Wow, so what, in the middle of like a little square of grass somewhere in an an estate, you would have a huge pile up of wood ahead of bonfire night? Is that what you're talking about? yeah, and we had the night shift going, we used to camp out with tents and that, with the torches, to make sure no one came to steal our wood. <laughs> I love the concept of actually camping out to look after your woods and taking shifts to guard it. Collecting woods and having the biggest bonfire in the uh, in the village, fantastic, but actually, that's the next level to guard it. <laughs> well, yeah, because you didn't want, because you 
know we had different gangs going over when you were kids. So I don't would say gangs, you were only six or seven, weren't you? But you had different streets, so you were you had to make sure you were better than the next street, if you know what I mean. So I like yeah. it. It it reminds me of the uh, the video game Fallout, maybe slightly post apocalyptic, but still fun. <laughs> Not quite, but we had our spook guns and that to shoot them if they came near us. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Like I said, Fallout the video game. In hide a Ginge, who's tweeted us a photo of the iconic rope swing and says he'd be making a Tarzan across the River Coal. Do you remember those rope swings where you yes. invariably fall off and scrape all your knees up over some kind of lagoon in the woods? Uh, do you know what? During COVID, um, the, the, some people had made quite a few rope swings in the uh, in the woods behind my house. Uh, and even I ended up going back up on a rope swing. Uh, they're lethal. They are lethal, but uh, when, when you've got the wind in your hair like that, swinging back and forth, it, it makes you feel alive, doesn't it? It does. Uh, I love the honesty of Laurie. He says, I would have been standing at the top of a multi-storey car park that overlooked Aberdeen Harbour, where I was trying to take arty and dramatic pictures of the buildings and ships, thinking that I was the next Andy Warhol. I was actually just Billy No Mates. God bless him. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Uh, It's good to be back together today. First day in uh, a good week and a bit that uh, we've been together on the show with holidays and all this kind of stuff. Uh, Yesterday, when I was here and uh, you were on your your long weekend, uh, you missed, although I'm sure you must have been talking about it, the great hollandaise sauce crisis of 2023 that we are currently in the middle of. Do you know what? I, I saw that on social media and I thought to myself, good old Richie doing a bit of relatable content as the uh, the credit crunch and the cost of living crisis bites <laughs> what do you mean? around the country. <laughs> Hollandaise, yeah. who are you? Henry VIII? Louis XVI? <laughs> what? What's, what's, what's so upmarket about Hollandaise sauce? It's like it's like bemoaning the fact you can't get quail's eggs anymore these days. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, I've never bought Hollandaise in my life. Well, it is egg related. I've got no Hollandaise to put on my poached eggs at the moment. <laughs> my heart bleeds. Are you going to be okay? <laughs> No, look, honestly, Friday I went into Sainsbury's looking for hollandaise sauce. None of it there. No jarred sauce, no fresh sauce. Asda on Saturday. Then Sunday evening I did a Tesco click and collect. That's my normal routine. Waiting for it to be uh, ready to pick up on Monday morning, I get the email through saying, sorry, there's one item unavailable. Of course, it's hollandaise sauce uh, because we're in some crisis at the moment. And yesterday I I was putting forward this is a conspiracy theory. The powers that be are keeping it from us. There's something going on as to why Hollandaise is not available. So I reckon the litmus test is this. If a taxi driver brings it up, if you're doing a trip somewhere in the United Kingdom, then we know we have a proper conspiracy theory on our hands, OK? <laughs> OK. Uh, well, the, the recent Uber drivers have not mentioned Hollandaise to me. I can be certain of that. We do have an answer, and sadly, it, it's not quite as interesting as you might have thought. It appears rising energy costs and bird flu are contributing to an ongoing egg shortage, and sadly, if you've got not many eggs, then it's harder to make hollandaise sauce. Listen, thanks for that, Edwina Curry. Any other egg stuff, do keep us posted. Make Me A Winner has had a rollover again, making it nine consecutive rollovers where no one's won. Hoping for that to change fortunes a little bit tomorrow. But we've been talking earlier on in the show about long streaks. Have you been on a bit of a run of anything? Tell us about it. This one's blowing my mind a little bit. Uh, Neil says, I'm currently on a time hop app run of 2,570 days. That's just over seven years of checking the app every day. Now, 
unless I'm misunderstanding things, isn't Time Hop where you go back and look at what you were posting on your social media a certain number of years ago? If he's been checking this non-stop for seven years, surely his Time Hops will be publishing just the fact that he was... It'll be stuck in some kind of loop. Do you see what I mean? It's a bit like Quantum Leap, but he's got himself <laughs> involved in it. He's looking for trouble where there is none. Uh, Joe is hanging on. Joe, what's uh, what's the streak that you're on? Um, 1,235 days on Duolingo. Oh, what language are you doing? I'm 608 days Italian. What's yours? Um, Dutch. Wow, bit of Dutch. What's, what made you start learning Dutch? I, you know, you see a lot of people doing Spanish, Italian, but you don't really see Dutch on Duolingo, people talking about it on Twitter, etc. What made you start? Um, we've got friends in the Netherlands, and um, obviously we've uh, reconnected the last few years, and we thought, I thought it would be nice to try and, like, if ever we are uh, around them, I can, like, speak to them in their language a little. <laughs> Very respectful. We like this, Joe. Well, I mean, don't want to put the pressure on you, but it's it's your chance to wow the nation. Would would you like to say anything whatsoever in Dutch right now? Um, I can't actually think of anything off the top of my head. Now you see, um, that's exactly what I'm like when someone says to me, "Show us your 608 days of Italian." I, I couldn't. No, um, it's. I mean, because funnily enough, our Dutch friends were over this weekend, and I was actually telling them I can get the singular words. I know the singular words. It's just stringing a sentence together I'm finding difficult. That, that's exactly what I'm like when I go out for a few beers after the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Uh, our time machine is still ticking over, waiting to take you back uh, to half-term 1982. Uh, we've been asking what you would have been doing. Uh, Sue in rugby uh, says we would have been uh, putting out ramps for our bikes. Glad that uh, plenty of other people yeah. used to do that as well. Matt in Reading makes a very, very good point, and I'm surprised it's taken so long for someone to mention this. Making my guy. Does anyone still make guys for fireworks night these days? Because back when we were kids... There was a lot of effort going into that. I'd say they still make them, but but um, the quality is just absolutely shoddy. So they think by just putting a pillow in a jumper and putting some wellies <laughs> next to it, that, that constitutes you giving them pound fifty or something, which is ridiculous. I'd love us to make a home time show guy. That would be good. I, I would. That would be amazing. I was worried, though. You're very close to doing something in effigy there a little bit, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? What's in the Beckham documentary? It's very close. <laughs> This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. And yeah, a bit of sad news that's uh, coming to the show whilst we've been on air, uh, particularly for me as an Evertonian. Our chairman, Bill Kenwright, has sadly died today at the age of 78 after a short illness, uh, which, you know, it's, it's hugely sad. And he's been at Everton since I kind of can remember, like a benevolent, bushy eyebrowed granddad sat there in the, the stands. He's just always been there. And, you know, like football is a weird place. Uh, it's changed a hell of a lot uh, over the you know the past few years. It's kind of now all about money and transfers and stadiums and financial fair play, etc. Uh, and I know Bill has taken a lot of stick in recent years from Evertonians because he's kind of a throwback to a different era. But for me, he's always embodied the heart of Everton Football Club. And it is a club with a big heart, which probably has done stuff based on emotion over common sense in recent years. And that's why we end up messing things up quite a bit. But it's just the way we are. And you think back at some of those, um, the better times under David Moore, and, and uh, you know, watch your match of the day, and then they cut to Bill Kemright in the crowd, kind of welling up. 
and he kind of wore his heart on his sleeve. He felt everything and kicked every ball along with the players. And I think he only ever tried to do his best. So, and also he's famous not just in the world of football, but a giant in theatre land as well with the man behind Blood Brothers and Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, the amazing tour that that did as well. So I know Everton Football Club are moving in different directions with the stadium very close to being built and Bramley Moor Dock. But I, and I know Evertonians have kind of fallen out with Bill Kenwright over recent years, or some of them have anyway. I just hope that... Uh, we can look back on Bill Kenwright's time as a guy who loved the club and tried his very best, and he will be greatly missed. So next time you hear Zed Cars, look up, because I imagine Bill will be looking down. God bless him. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway.